Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Robin Malian at his lockup on Morris Road in Brixton. Recorded by Henry Law on the 12th of October 2021. Interviewed by Tim Warren. Edited by Henry Law. This is Robin. I just call you Robin Tic Tac, but I don't even think I know your surname. My surname is Malian. How do you spell Malian? M-A-L-Y-O-N. I've been told it's a Huguenot name. I, I, I really don't know why, but I know... Anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's Malian, M-A-L-Y-O-N. Any middle names? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Jonathan. So Robin, name, yeah. Jonathan, Malian, yeah. RJM. Yeah. So, so when were you born? I was born in 1965. Birthday? Uh, 14th of July, French Revolution. Okay. <laughs> Same day, summer storming, baby. Storming of... Yeah. Bastille, yeah, the summer. Robin Storm is great, isn't it? Because then it's sort of Christmas, six months presents. Yeah. Christmas, again. Yeah, so, yeah. I know, I only know this recently. I had no idea you were from Kent. So were you born in Kent? Yeah, so I was born in Canterbury. My, my father, my parents are from London, they're very London. And I would say in the early 60s, mid, early mid 60s, my dad came down to originally Ashford and he ran a building company. So did he come down? So what's your so your mum and dad, both gone? Yeah, both died. My mum died very. My mum died when she was fifty eight. Actually, when she died, we thought she was five years younger because she'd been lying about her death <laughs> for so long. She was. My mum was very beautiful. Uh, she was a, a tiller girl, uh, so she used to go off and you know do like London variety. So, so what between, was your mum's name? Kitty, Kitty Beckett. She's from London. She's from London. So my parents both grew up in Mitcham, but my on my mother's side, my grandmother had they had I think there was five of them, but my grandfather on my mother's side had a mental illness, yeah. and he used to and I, I don't know how much of this because I've just heard this through hearsay, but he used to believe he was in the navy and stuff like he was quite he was sort of and. They eventually, he, he actually got quite violent as well, and they split up. So my grandmother brought all the kids up. So it was very tough for her, but they come from very, they come from the east end of London. So has your, have you got any aunties or uncles about stuff? I do have aunties and uncles. I don't, I have one auntie I still connect with. We have friends of the family that my parents knew from when we were kids, and I'd say we're closer to them. We've always felt slightly... I've never really connected with a lot of my aunts and uncles yeah. uh, in some ways. We, we, but sometimes you just feel like, why would you have to? But it, yeah, we, yeah, we've never really connected. I just, and um, as I said, I've still got one of my aunts I do. And my dad's brother died recently and I went to the funeral. That was in somewhere like Yule. Or, and actually it was quite nice to see them all. But so your dad... Was your how many is your where's your dad from? If he's Mitchum, so up in Mitchum? well, my my dad, so they're they're from Dad's around name. there. But my my my, as I said, my my grandmother was Romany, so my grandmother was black hair and blue eyed. She yeah. was very Romany. My grandfather, he was a navvy, yeah. and so and they were they were very poor. You know, they were just poor. They were very poor. And my grandfather had a nickname that was called Bomber, and Bomber. he was quite involved in like doing all the dodgy deals, chocolate. All of that type of Probably thing. Probably surviving though. Surviving through the yeah. war and all of you know, had kids yeah. and yeah. had three kids. So your dad, what's your dad's name? Tom. Tom. So is he? Where is he in the hierarchy of the? He's the younger brother. Younger brother. Younger brother. Yeah. Yeah. So who has recently died then? My my his older brother Jim, okay. who's recently died. 
But my, my father's very London. I don't know if you ever met him, Tim. I but, did meet him. I remember you used to sit in the passenger seat of your van. Yeah, that's right. And, and I probably said hello, I still knew him very yeah. well and people like that. And he was very... I always think he was a bit like Bob Hoskins. Okay. He was quite sort of... quite cheery, quite a yeah. particular London character. So your um, mum and dad met in Mitcham? Met, well, they met on the train. Coming back, I think my mum had been to a dance thing. My father was going to night school. He was learning quantity surveying, trying to better himself. Get on. And uh, they must have been, I think my mum must have been 16, 17, my dad about 18. It was that, you know, yeah. it was what people did. They got married. So when they, was when did they get married, you know? Uh, yeah, they got married in Wallington. And then I think that's where they first lived. So my brother and sister were born there. So I was the first one born down in Kent. So it's two up above you? Uh, yeah, I've got an older brother and an older sister. Okay. I'm the mistake, oh. and I've been told that. <laughs> I've been told I was, no one con- terms, I Robin. was conceived on a pile of coats at a party in Sittingbourne. <laughs> in Sittingbourne? That's where I went to school. There we go. Yes, I was That's... conceived there. And, uh, yeah, my parents even noted to me that I, I was a mistake. A coat child. I, yeah, which is fine. Yeah. No, I, I have no issue. I think... A lot of us are. So right? if they, that's, so it's just, I don't know why it's weird hearing the word city born. So that's, you know, yeah, where I went to school, we used but... to have, we used to have these uh, stickers when we were in Faversham. This is before, what's, sitting born, what was it, it's 1984, you know, it used to be about how, it was quite, wasn't it? I mean, in the 70s, all it's that so weird hearing other people talk about where I live. Well, I didn't know I was, that until well, maybe was, a year I, ago. Well, I, I was really, that. my brother was, my brother and my sister, they moved up to London. My brother was, quite involved in punk rock early on, 75, 76, and he ended up roading for a lot of bands and got to know a lot of people. And we, I got into that quite young. And all I ever really wanted to do was get to London. So when your mum and dad had your sister and your brother in London... Yeah. Why do you think they wanted to pitch up and go to Ashford? More space, more...? More space, uh, How you old know. would your brother and sister be when they...? They would have been four... So Four not quite school, but school, yeah, starting yeah, start school. school. I think that area as well was... They didn't know, have any... Like your mum and dad didn't know anybody in Kent or that no, family or Absolutely nothing or, like that. Just moved there. Cause I, was, I imagine, you know, because it's, there's a connection, isn't it, with London with Kent? It's like people just go, oh, you know, My mum and dad did the same thing from... Yeah, fruit picking Wallace and all and, that type of stuff. Yeah. And it's seen as sort of a, they an upgrade. Ashford. Yeah, they went down to Ashford. Merzham, a place called Merzham. But obviously your dad's got to work or your mum's got to work or someone's got to... So did he move well, my dad, forward? Well, my dad or... ran a building company, so he set a building company up down there. He was, um, as I say, he'd, been, he'd trained as a quantity surveyor and uh, he did that down there for many years. So when he went to Ashford, did he go looking for a job or did he go... No. He went down there and... He went down there and set his own business up. OK. And started doing building work, from what I remember. That's how it felt. I can't... Yeah. Re- I can't... And it's very funny, I find now, my... House, I don't know if you ever see this or you ever see this. You see your parents and you more and more. Oh, you know, yeah. Like my, my dad worked for himself, he ran a business very similar to what I do here, similar amount of guys. He did go bankrupt, and then there was quite a sort of Hopefully dodgy. You're not going to do like your dad did. No, <laughs> but although it's been, you know, not now, I'd say a few years ago, it was a bit touch and go. But um, he then ended up working for the Arabs. He, he, this was like the late 70s. And he worked for this guy called Samir Mahmood, who was uh, in Saudi. And he went over and they were building, like, car showrooms. This was really at the beginning of, like, Big the Middle days. East kicking, yeah, you know, okay. with money. Yeah. And it was it was quite full-on for him. And that's what he did, I think, until he retired. Oh, no, he ended up working for Lambeth Council, actually. So if he's 
Middle East where he out of the country a lot. A lot. So he, worked in, left, yeah, so he worked in Saudi and then he ended up working in Qatar. And so I used to fly over where, and I know we've been discussing before this about class, so one of the weird things for me is I, I went to quite a strict boarding school from the age of nine. Now, the reason in, is in I went to a place in Chichester called Seaford College, and before that okay. I went to a place in Brighton. It was a boarding school, partly because my parents were abroad and also because they paid for it as well. As and in their work paid for it? Yeah, yeah. so they, they offered to pay for it. Yeah. And I used to get issue at school because, you know, I, I was a working-class boy surrounded so by posh people. And I, I was told that, yeah. you know, I was reminded that Did quite a few times. Did your brother and sister go as well? No, so I was just the only you. one, yeah. So what's the, the age gap then, give or take? Uh, my brother's three and a half years older, my sister's four and a half years. Okay. But we're all pretty close. Yeah. I got very well with my sister. So um, when they moved to Ashford, yeah. bust in the late 70s, worked yeah. aboard, you went to boarding school. Yeah. Where were you? You weren't still in Ashford because you went to, I call it Bad Lesmere. I went to Battlesmere, yeah, Battlesmere, yeah. that's right. So we, we had a house in Battlesmere, but at that point I was really at school. So And well, my parents, so my mother would be there. So what would... age did you go boarding? I'd say about nine, ten. Okay, so relatively early. So relatively at, nine, early, yeah, at was... nine years old you're waving goodbye to your mum. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, which is funny now. Now Cheerfully, I've got kids of similar age. Can't imagine sitting with I can't imagine no, doing I can't that. Know. No, and it's... Uh, Probably but, your you mum know, couldn't imagine that either, but... I look back at it. One, I don't know any different. It's what I know. That's what, That's know, what yeah. I had. It was difficult for the first couple of nights, but it was also fantastic. Yeah. I've got friends now from that school. I know now that Douglas, who I used to run Tic Tac with. I mean, we oh, boarded okay. together. And how um, do you think your mum felt about it? Did she ever say... I think they were quite happy to get rid of me. <laughs> so I think they were, because I don't think I was easy. I was a third child... I think my parents were going through quite a rough time with them with their marriage. Bankruptcy. And, you know, and I, also they got married very young. There were some issues. And so I, I think they were quite pleased. So if you're nine and ten going to boarding school, what, what your brother and sister, what's your sister's name? Suzanne. And what's your brother's name? Ross. So what are Suzanne and Ross doing? Grammar school. Grammar so school. they went to Ashford Grammar School. Oh, OK. And, so they're tripping um, in and out of days. Then my brother, my brother held up a police a, a post office when he was 15, 16, maybe 15. He went into Borstal, Send. Uh, and send? This, he was Send, yeah. Send in Surrey? No, yeah, that's right. There's a, there's a Borstal there. Yeah. And this was the time of Thatcher. Sharp, sharp, shock. And poor old Ross, I mean, really, he was just, he was just sort of reacting because it was so stupid, the whole thing. But he, uh, he came out worse and because think, it was in there for six months yeah, and they, it was... Treat you like... Yeah. And it was, I remember going to visit him and this, this, is, this is like the late 70s and I remember seeing the first time jumbo cords. Remember people used to wear jumbo oh, yeah. cords? Jumbo cords. And I remember seeing that. I don't know why. And this sort of whole sort of sterile environment, you know, where you sit in... So you went to visit your brother in Boston and you come out with a jumbo cords memory. Yeah, that's Excellent, right. I come yeah. out with a jumbo cords memory. <laughs> funny, isn't it? Stuff yeah. like that. It's How funny what you remember, what you don't, remember, yeah. yeah. So that's unfortunate for your brother. Yeah, but I think he, he then sort of did some therapy, played the drums, they, they got him on the drums, and he did that for two years and got it out of him. Yeah. But he was quite wild and woolly, my brother. So if they're going backwards and forwards to grammar school every day, yeah. your mum's still at home running the roost 
was your yeah yeah and there. then and then that happened and then as they left they were out pretty quick my my brother and sister got involved in the squatting scene yeah. so they came up to london quite early on and there was a big squatting scene. as you know i have i had a squat yeah. up here as well yeah and there was a big scene in Brixton in this. That must have been God. That's like the late seventies. Jesus. My older brother did the same thing. And uh, you know, you could live up here then for nothing. And we were just so lucky. Yeah. Now you know it's so difficult for people. So when you were you were living in Baddlesmere, how often do you come back home from school? Every third week, every third weekend, you and you would come home. Uh, you would finish your lessons at say twelve one. So you wouldn't be home on Saturday until about two two thirty. What? And then you would go back Sunday evening. Um, and, I, and I do know Battlesmere. It's got a green, a village green. I live right on the corner. So as you're coming up from Faversham on the A249... So if you're coming from Faversham, we're the first house on the green. It's called Forge Cottage. Had a ghost, everything. It was a fantastic So house. I just know. I'd have ridden past that on yeah. my bike a million times. It's so weird. I'd yeah. never seen you. But I think I knew someone from Battlesmere. We yeah. still bad Lesmere. Well, I knew quite a lot. Cause, again, because of punk rock. That was happening, and we had a lot of mates. We'd go up to London. We'd get the NME yeah. on the Tuesday, Wednesday, see what bands were playing. You get up for about three pound fifty, yeah. and you used to get the paper train back. Do you remember the? Did so you used to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victoria I Station. I didn't do any of that. I was. I was so I used to come back and do the paper train, and uh, I could hear a little story. I don't know if you can have this we on can. the whole thing, but I remember coming. I was I was about thirteen, fourteen. I was really young at this, so, so I was coming back to school and then going off and doing this with my brother. I remember once coming back from the papers, there used to be this guy Ron who was a porter, and um, it'd been Sid Band. We were going waiting for, and he said to me, he said, uh, I mean, I've got to remember, I was about thirteen. He said to me, Robin, have you ever smelt a woman's cum? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, well, no. you got one. I said, no, 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 I've never smelt one. Yeah, and by the way, and there was an old trampy woman, and he put his hand between her legs like that and went, here, smell that. Like uh, that. And that's just stuck in my brain. That was, like, that was like such a shock moment. <laughs> yeah. and that's just stuck in my brain. British Rail worker. A British Rail called Ron. Ron, later that on. we all knew because we used to go and sleep on the trains up there and come back from you. So, yeah, so, you, so you're in Battlesmere, you're yeah. going to... Come going to see bands, yeah. going off to school, running away from school as well. I mean, yeah. So, in your mum and dad are just they're they're in the Middle East, so they didn't really have that much say. Yeah, over us. And I was never, I was never evil, bad. No, and just... I, you know, I'm, I, and some of my teachers quite liked me. Yeah, uh, I can but imagine. I was, I was naughty. Yeah. I was up to mischief all the yeah. time. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you're at school six days or seven days a week. Yeah, you live at school. Yeah, so that's something I've not done, so I wouldn't know. But Again, you know, I, I look back, I don't know what else to refer it to because it's what I went through. I yeah. do, and it's funny, I, I, I totally blanked all that side out of my life. And we only went for a couple of, a couple of years ago, I thought oh, I'd take the family up to where I went to school. And I haven't been for maybe... 40 years. 30, so when 40 you were years, at school, was quite obviously you pick and choose what you're going to do. I didn't really know what I was going to did do. Did you stay there till 18 or A-levels? No, or? I, I left as soon as I could. So I left at 15, 16. I went to tech college. I did a couple of A-levels. So where did you go to tech college? I went to Kingston. So what were you doing at tech? I did, uh, I did uh, arts-based three A-levels. I think it was drama, history of drama, English... And something else like that. I did like yeah. three A levels. I can't remember what they were. You passed them, or yeah, I never used them at all, though. Uh, so, what, what, total... so what happened after tech college then? Uh, I went to drama college. 
So I, my mother was a dancer, so I had sort of views of going into the theatre world, and I got a scholarship, so I was quite lucky, and I did that for a couple of years. Didn't didn't like it. Came out, and then I started running theatre companies. And where for did a you while. do that? I did it in a place called Aura, which is in Wandsworth. Okay, so still yeah, yeah, there's still it's okay. accredited. Yeah. It was okay, but I'd been working before. I'd been doing stuff in fringe theatre. So I've been doing quite a lot up in Camden and places like that, which I really enjoyed. When you say doing things there, what are you doing? Theatre. So, so I was acting, acting or yeah, I was doing I, yeah, running the show. A little bit of that as well. I got more into that afterwards, more into production. So I worked at the old Red Lion a lot. Old uh, Red which Lion. is in Islington. It was a proper um it was working class theatre. Yeah. It wasn't it was all of the new plays. It wasn't just full of people <laughs> like myself from public school. It was it was uh <laughs> It, do the it, quiet, Robin. Yeah, do that's right. But Tim, I used to not tell people. I used to tell people that I, I, I was, I was in a reform school or something like that. Because <laughs> a lot of people I was hanging out with, particularly with the punk rock side, I was quite nervous about them knowing that I had a. Who resented you? Yeah, well, They're probably the same. Huh? Well, yeah, <laughs> They're exactly. probably well, doing right. the same. Well, yeah, well Joe Strummer went to a public school, yeah. Yeah. and I, I think a lot of that. And then also because I know the guy from Jer Jerry Dammers, he's around here. He's a public school boy. And ultimately, it means but, nothing at the end of the day, isn't it? So I know, you but you know, you're but quite it's, embarrassed. But it's weird how it affects you. You're 15, self-conscious, yeah. A bit, and you're self-conscious about yeah. it because yeah. it is different. But, um, yeah, and then I left there. I did all right. Um, I, I did a lot of theatre. I worked for one particular really good theatre company up in Camden, and then I worked for the old Red Lion, and I did a lot of Fringe. I did. I worked at places like uh, the Lyric and Hammersmith. When you say you're working, you are actually earning money. I was earning some money, yeah, and I was so, doing good theatre. <clears throat> so where are you living? Are you still...? I'm still around Brixton. And when you say living, but are you squatting in Brixton? Squatting. So still via your sister and brother or not? No, no, Just... we'd gone off totally. I was on the yeah. Landor Road. I'd met a couple of... I had a friend, Roger, up this way, who I'm very close with, and then I met a couple of other brothers, Nick and George, and we all lived on the Landor Road, which was full on because this was the time of... It was very, very Caribbean. Yeah. And you, if you were white, you did stand out. But I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Loved it. Yeah. I never had any issue because we knew people's mums and dads, I think. Yeah. It wasn't just the kids. We yeah. knew because I love a chat, you know, I get Do to you? know all the people and and, and and I became, it felt like a community and I, I, I'm I, quite connected to Brixton now. Well, I've so been you, here yeah. for years. So you're sharing, how many people in your squad? Oh, well, I lived with, so I lived in the house up the road. There was about two or three of us and then I lived with Nick for a while when George moved out. And I had a room there to pay him rent for the house. And then we took the squat over. We took the warehouse over. And where is that? That's, That's on Landor Road. Landor Road, yeah. okay. So I got that, I, I can't remember. God, early 90s, maybe. So when you say so you got the squat, what did you... I've been squatting once. It wasn't very successful. I didn't really enjoy it. But yeah. did you do all the getting in or was it already established? No, we went in and did the whole thing. OK, so oh, yeah. and turned it was, up. I knew a lot of people who were doing it, so we knew what to do. So you, had, you knew what tools to bring, how to get it going. Yeah, but, it but that out. house, actually, we went in and we did everything. We had to put a new roof on. Yeah. Lo it was loads and loads of work. And it was yeah. a risk because I did it with George and... We knew no one else owned it, so we knew there was a chance that we could own the property. And did it so have electric? Obviously, had electricity, had water, services. Yeah. So it was reasonable. It wasn't yeah, like yeah. you living in a barn with no. It was living in a barn as well. There was some yeah. quite. We had this Japanese guy live with us for a while called Surichuro, and he used to. Uh, 
It was very tidy and neat. And around it was just like a... And he used to tie plastic sheeting around him. <laughs> and it used to be like that sort of... Do you know those people who have to live in oxygen tents? <laughs> yeah. And he used Jackson. to come in and everything was chaotic and there would be this China, this Japanese guy in this corner. In this tiny little <laughs> And I remember one morning coming, 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 uh, coming to see him and the, the bakers, they used to come and deliver bread to our neighbour, throwing the bread over. And I think Surichur had attacked them. And done karate, done sort of karate. I don't think he could do karate <laughs> and did karate on them. And I just remember the, the bakers being really shocked, going, God, that guy got in there, he's mental. Uh, so yeah, a tiny, a... neat and tidy cubicle in your sea of shit. Yeah, in this sea of shit. It was like that. You might take your shoes off when you went in. Yeah, it was like that. It was like that. It was, Fuck it off. was, quite, it was, quite, it was quite a character. Sadly, so, I haven't heard from him for years. So when you have people pass through there, so is it you and George running the squad? As in yeah, your... so George, so we, we originally, George and Nick had the house opposite and I lived with them and then George moved out. We had a, there was a recording studio there. So George was a music engineer for Mute Records okay. and I know him and, and Steve and I still know quite a lot of people in the music business because of yeah. all... So we had a recording studio. So in the house originally... This is in the early 80s. They, they got Genesis Desk and they used to do big... So there was quite, quite big house tracks were going on, but the, 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 the soundproofing was terrible. And I, I used to live upstairs. I mean, I remember having... God, I can't remember half these people, but it was so loud. I remember someone banging on the door. Shut and up. I'd come down, open the door up, and they'd be so angry, this person would just be standing there. And I just used to push the door closed on them like that because I thought, there's nothing I can do here. And then we moved the studio over into the squat. And did really... So you had Burns coming in, recording. Yeah, yeah, it was full on. Yeah. And it was, this is the time of house music as well, which I can't stand. And it was a lot of all that. And, uh, yeah, quite like people like Adamski. There we go, that's the name, just jumped in. Mm. Really good guy. Uh, anyway, quite a few. So it was popular. It was a yeah. good... Studio, and then we had that in the squad. And I used to run Tic Tac above, so we had the recording studio downstairs, and then I had Tic Tac, but it wasn't working out because we were just filling the place with furniture, and George didn't really like it, so we ended up moving up here. So you've not been pestered by a previous owner or something? No, well, we had a couple of people say it was theirs, but it wasn't. We had a really good solicitor uh, called Ivy Mead, and we got involved quite early on. Yeah. And he was great, actually, and he used to just deal with it, all of that. When it so came you in. felt you weren't looking over your shoulder every week about people turning up and no, barricading you in or no, evicting you? No. Or... We had a bit of a run-in with, with the mechanics opposite, but they were just trying it on. But what about things like well, council tax and stuff like that, and how official was it? Cause... Yeah, we had to do all that. We, we, sat, we had business rates, so we ran business rates from there. Oh, yeah, we did, because when we, when we then had to apply for ownership and... You, you need all that proof behind you that you've legal. been running it properly, you've yeah. been doing it all legal. Yeah. And we were been advised to do that. So, so we how, did how that. Do you, how does the property end up just being there without an owner? Well, it was built in 1864, and we think the guy who built it, and we only guess this through the house, um, downstairs he used to keep livestock like his horse, and upstairs, because the beans were extra big, we think he used it for storage. It was built so early, it was like private land, so no-one really even... No deeds, or no anything. deeds or nothing, and they only we did a whole big dig in the history, which was really interesting. So we knew they made like uh, blakies for army boots in the Second World War. We found like them digging it all up and stuff, and there was a history to it as well. It became a domino club in the seventeen eighties for um, all the local guys there. It was called Double Six, which I quite liked. 
But yeah, we 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 took it over because it was literally falling down. And you know, it's Georgia, weird how nowadays you never get a patch of something in London. No, nobody owning it. Well, no one would want to go there either. You I'm know, where where we lived on the land or road, I used to have to go meet people on the tube. Yeah, because it was really dodgy. I never felt that yeah. because I was part of the community. But you were in it. I was it? in it. That area, you know, now I go down, it's all uh, it's wine shops and Super organic cheesy. bakeries and yeah. bakeries and all that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. But it's really punch changed. Punch-ups over sourdough. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's all, yeah. But I feel very lucky and blessed actually having all that experience because I sort of grew up in Brixton, you know, from the mid-'80s, early mid-'80s, through, well, I'm still here. So how long were you in there before it became legal? Uh, 13, 14 years. And then it was legal. So yeah, still... I think I think it was legal. And we were so lucky. I think it was something like, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, about 2015, 2016. And literally two months later, they changed the law. So, we so got the law changed a... as in... You can well, you no can't longer... really do it now. You can't really... We, weird we... You'd been somewhere squatting for so many years, you'd had, had yeah, a right Yeah, so that to... stopped. And what, what you get, you get a thing called a cautionary register, which is basically your name is on the paperwork, but it's not... It's not. It's not. Lee. Your name is on it, and then you need to move on to make to get that finalised. But we, at that point, we got the cautionary register on the property. Now it's stacks of cash. Whatever you say, any patch of land in London is a stack of cash, and you just know (laughs) it's just ridiculous. So when you got it legalised, as in you're on the paper, what can you? What year was that when it was legal? About two. So about. 2015, 2016. Oh, so it's quite it's relatively quite, yeah, recent. It happened quite quickly, yeah. Yeah. So up to then, where were you living there? How long did you live there? I'd say, what, 1996, really, on and off. Yeah. I sort of lived opposite as well with Nick. Yeah. There was points with the studio, and I ended up living with Nick over the road. So who's Nick? Nick is one of my closest friends, who sadly died about three years Go ago. Go from elsewhere. No, through Brixton. Uh, he's a bit older than I, I am, uh, and we were just very close. And, and Nick and George, we get on very, you know, we, we, it, was, it was like finding people that were quite similar-minded, yeah. you know. So Nick and George and you, a yeah. trio of people. Well, Nick wasn't really involved in the squat. He didn't really want to get involved in it. He had the house opposite. So what was, I think also so we said a house opposite. Well, we we owned so it, rent it or they owned a house and there was again had a house. <coughs> so did you rent a room off Nick? <coughs> I rented a room off Nick. I didn't hardly anything for it, but it was a lovely little. It was an old stables with a with a a Dutch gable. Okay. Over the top, yeah. and Nick's quite particular. Don't like the word eccentric. Yeah. And he just he'd been a carpenter and he'd just done it how you know he wanted to do it really. So it was a really beautiful space. It was really you beautiful. You lived opposite and you could look over your squat. And yeah, and then I ended up living in the squat opposite. for a while and moving across and, you know, doing like that. Where was like George that. then, in the squat? Well, George, no, George was with Nicky, his partner, yeah. and then they ended up buying a little church up in Norbury for no money. OK, so you what's happening with the squat? That? Is it empty then? or No, at that point, so we had the studio going... And then I was doing, what were we doing upstairs? Like a, oh, I ended up running it. It's a yoga space. So yoga. Which is yoga, Pilates. I'll do all that all stuff. That, all, all that yeah. rubbish, yeah. So it's all of that. And then the recording studio downstairs. So it was sort of running, running So itself. are you renting out to people you, because again, once you start renting things, you've got to be slightly, you don't have to be like, you do as you tell you, but you've got to collect money, make sure it's reasonably well looked out for. You can't just let it run right. It just goes bad really quickly. Yeah. Well, George actually did a lot of that with the yoga. Um, because I was doing this, yeah. and I was also in India quite a yeah. bit, so I was back and forth there. Yeah. So, 
How did you get into the this malarkey? As in, I know you do transport for still shoots and all sorts of stuff. Well, I do this through. So I was a friend of mine was working for National Magazines in uh, God. This must be the early nineties, and he basically was just driving as a courier, and he said, "Look." Uh, I don't want to do this five days a week. Do you want to share the job with me? You could do it. And I said, yeah, OK, I'll come in and do two or three weeks, two or three times a week. this person have their own van then? Or were they working well, for Well, I worked for a guy called... Oh, God. I worked for a guy, and I'm going to forget his name, which is a shame, and he was quite well known because he was running vans for Vogue, NatMags, and some for IPC. So he was, he was, the, he was the Vogue driver... Yeah. But he also leased, and I worked for him, and I was just getting paid like 50 quid a day, and I'd yeah. go in 7 in the morning and go off and do a whole load of fashion returns. Yeah. But within a month, I was starting to organise the couriers because yeah. I had a head on my shoulders to a point. You know, they would say, God, you've got loads of stuff today. Well, I said, we have to bring another courier in. Yeah. So I ended up doing that. So I ended up basically running all the couriers purely through... No one else really wanted to do it. Where was all this based then? As that in, was at, in Broadwick Street in Soho. As in, I know so the, the pickups, but, but where was the vans coming from? The van there? was there. I had, I'd be given the van. Oh, so it was and at so, Broadwick Street? Yeah, so I'd come in in the morning. I'd, I'd take the van home at night. Yeah. I'd come in in the morning. I'd go around, collect all the fashion from all the different, from all the magazines. Yeah. And then I would organise how they would all go out. Okay. So I, I got to know stylists. I got to know people like Ben Kendrick, yeah. Di Civil. That's how I sort of know a lot yeah. of people. And then there was a, just a point I thought, I'm not going to work for now. I'm going to start doing this for myself. So I went away and I, I started doing fashion. And so then, then, so then you've always got to have your own vehicle. Yeah, I ended up buying a... I, I ended up with a little Citroen van. I just drive around like a modern yeah, and then I ended up getting a a transit van, and then I just slowly got bigger vans and started doing more shoots for other stylists because they wanted couriers they could trust. A lot of it was from that, and that's where, you know, I suspect you and I are quite lucky. It is about trust. They know that it needs to be done, and they know that you and I will do that. So that's why we get. Work and where are you living now? So I, I was started running at the squat, so it was all the That's vans used to be on down there. And we had a we had a there's like a like a, a driveway up to the squat that literally it was like that to take the vans down, yeah. you know. And you used to Mikey and I, Doing this is that Mikey job, Samuels, it's not just pick up deliveries, pick up, it store, really hold, was. deliver. You know, I I, I think it's things that cost a lot of money about six months to learn to do our job, yeah, because it's. And it's also building up relationships with clients. You know, they don't like it when they get a new person. No, people like you know, continuity. So, yeah, they like continuity. And also, you know, I, I find, and I, you know, I'm sure you find that when you get a good one, it's great. Love it. You know, and you get someone like the Neils and the Garys and the Mikeys yeah. of this world. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I can just let yeah. them do yeah. the shoots then. So that's when the squat comes back into its own again. Yeah, and then... Because without the squat, you think... No, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I wouldn't have been able to do it. And then literally, I mean, George and I had a storming row. And I said, "Okay, well, I'll move out Tic Tac. And I came up here. So how did you find this? So this used to be Alabama Alabama 3's recording studio. (laughs) We're sitting in it now, yeah. And I knew Andy Hare, and I knew I know Alabama Three as well. I know so I know one of the singers, a guy from that. And then they moved out, and we took it over. And I still see Rob outside. I still chat with them and stuff. They're still around. Rob, as in yeah, Alabama Three, Rob, he's around still. I see him outside, drinks at the local pub. But yeah, and then I also have this India thing. 
Which I, I do. I say, yeah, because I forget yoga. I'm not a great... I don't, don't do a lot of yoga. But I always hear about your yoga and Indian. I think, where the fuck's Robin gone? Oh, he's gone to India. Yeah, gone oh, to India. So I'm about to go, actually. I'm about to go in about three weeks' time, four weeks' time. Obviously, for... back at the warehouse, we've got tons of furniture now. Yeah. Recording studio. Yeah. Shitloads of yoga. Is yeah. the yoga you? No. So I was you... going off doing yoga elsewhere. And this is... You're doing yoga because you want to do yoga and it's... Yeah, I wanted to do yoga. So this is before it became... And actually, before even that, a friend of mine, Rick Collison, he had been travelling to India and he had been going to Mysore. And when they were doing it, it was was more lentil lentil stews and knitted jumpers. Oh, yeah. So when I first started, it was still like that. It wasn't... it, it, It literally... I just caught the zeitgeist. Yeah. So it was just like that. So Stuart now is one of the top teachers, but he's like the first guy ever. Yeah. But this is, I don't know how many years ago, 20 plus years ago. So 20 plus years ago, years ago, yoga, Robin, India. Did you go to No, India I didn't for... go because of yoga. I went, I went because, lot. yeah, partly. I was invited over uh, a guy I know. Um, he's a, he, so in the, in, in the 90s, there was a big thing at markets where you could buy beads I don't know if you like, if you go to like Camden or you went to Greenwich, you would have these bead shops and you'd go in, you'd yeah. get the string, you could make up all your own bracelets. It was like a big thing. So he was going over and he invited me over. He said, "Look, come over, and uh, I need someone to help." And you basically work in Delhi, and then you go up to Jaipur, and then you go to Pushka, and you're buying these beads. It was fantastic. I had a great time. It was like mind blowing because I wasn't there as a tourist. I also wasn't there as a hippie going to find myself. I was there working. And so I got, and this is what I also really appreciate about now what I do. I I never went like a lot of Westerners do. I went there for work. And then I damaged my back through this job through Sasha Cohen. I remember Sasha. Sasha Cohen asked me to do a job for her. And I turned up and there was... She said, oh, there'll be help. It's carrying a fridge down the stairs. Oh, yeah. And the girl was 14 years old. Yeah. And yeah. I had my back got a trapped nerve. I had oh. really bad sciatica. So I went to India, realised I couldn't walk. Yeah. And someone said, well, you, you need to go and lay in a hot coat, you know, somewhere warm. Oh, well, we know this place down in Goa. And within three weeks, I had some money. I ended up buying 10,000 square metres of land. Yeah. Just bought this house... And then ended up building three big houses, ten cottages. So I feel like, how'd you just buy a bit of land in India? I wouldn't have a clue. You just do it, don't you? Oh no. <laughs> you just do it. And, so how uh, old were you when you bought that? Ah, uh, this is this that was like ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Oh. So I'd say the first four years I was there a lot building. So if you're building, you're obviously still trying to transport here. Oh, fucking right. So, and it was quite difficult because yeah. this is early mobile phones. Yeah. And, you know, I'd be... Luckily, my father was working for me at the time, working with me. Good and old I had Tom. Good pe- you know, I had people here and I used to have to do these... Go and do it as an STD phone where you, you book in a call and then yeah. it was all like that. And it was really yeah. difficult. But they sort of... I was backwards and forwards and I, you know, I, I sacrificed the business a bit for that. But it sort of happened... So you're, are you teaching yoga or doing no, yoga? No, no, I don't do any of that. So you bought space and yeah, yoga happens in your space that you Very bought. similar to what I do here, t- yeah. Tim. And, and actually the, 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 the people are quite similar. I, uh, so who's doing the yoga in India? As in so what I would do, I would, you'd have a yoga teacher that come in, they go, right, we want to do a yoga retreat at yours for a month or three weeks. We want to rent the place out. I say, okay, so each guest you've got to pay us this. And if you get so many guests and you get a free room. Okay. So you earn from, say, two weeks, you can earn up to between 
five, six, seven grand. Well, so who sits at the desk in India and runs the little phone there? Uh, sometimes me when okay. I'm there. So can you run it remotely? Or to a point, but I have a little team. I had a really good girl, Rashmi, that used to work for me. Because you still need to have me. the door open, the door closed. Oh, yeah, I'd have, I'd have staff. Mopped and, yeah. There would be staff there. And, you know, when it was busy, bit, I mean, when we were building, we'd have about 40 people. But when the, the retreat's running, it's about 14. So from people doing... Because it's 10,000 it's 10, square metres, so you've got a big garden. Yeah. So you need people doing that. You have to do the house. You've got cooks. We have a little restaurant. So we've got people doing maintaining. Yeah. And it's full on. And it really is. It's not a holiday good. when I go there. It's, no. it's quite... It's no yoga for you. Get up with well, your I, job. Look, I could be doing a juggling convention. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. It's the same as here. It's say, look, I book a shooting. We do the yeah. pickups. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's just logistics. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's just it's and, you know, 4,000 miles away. Well, it's 6,500. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, sometimes I just think it's about, it's about telling people, don't worry, it's going to be OK. Yeah, no, yeah. And a lot of it's just that. Yeah. And it's knowing, your, it's knowing what you do. And I do know what I'm doing. So is it, it's still up and running, still going? Well, we got really hit by coronavirus. So all the retreats have finished. They don't, we don't do yoga retreats there anymore. And luckily, I, what I have is these houses. So I'm renting them out to middle-class Indians who want to escape the city, Mumbai, Delhi, Hyderabad, Pune. Is it called Robin's Retreat? No, it's oh, no, no. damn it. But, uh, <laughs> What's it called? For years, it's been called Giovanna. Uh, but in the last year, I've had to I've changed the name because we've changed the whole business structure, and I call it Mandram Hills now. To, to attract the, the right people. Yeah, but, and to sort of... I wanted to take it away from the retreat thing as well. I sort of wanted to change it. Because obviously, if it's so going to be people that. not travelling to it, they can travel to it from the same country without having to worry about corona. Or well, what. that's what's happening. So I'm getting a lot of people... I mean, at the moment, I've got some woman who's a writer, a guy... They're all from Mumbai, Delhi, and they want to escape the city, and it's people with money... Is the oh, yeah. Wi-Fi good? That's the yeah. first thing they asked me. Yeah. But I've been really lucky with that because when I first went, there were no mobile phones and India was a third world country. It's now a powerhouse and I saw that. Yeah. And I not just saw it, but I was working there, experiencing it, dealing with lawyers, accountants. So you used to first go in the 90s, you'd go and they'd go, OK, how much of this are we doing black, how much are white? That would be the first thing. You'd, OK, you go, right, we'll do 70% of the money white yeah. and 30% we'll do black. Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore because yeah. of the internet and all of that. That's, that's totally changed. But it's very similar to what I do here. So you haven't had any strange, how to put it, door security goings-on in India, people marching up and wanting a cut of your cash? Because obviously you don't... No, I haven't because I've, I've, again, like the squat, we, we've really been careful about so stuff careful and, and made sure that I'm legitimate... Because uh, once you sink below board, it gets very dangerous. Yeah, sometimes I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm made to realise at times that I'm not from the village. You know, as, mu as much as I've been there for years, sometimes I think, oh, I like the village, I like my life here, la, la, la. I'm from London. Well, no, and ultimately that's, that's and true. That, that, yeah. I know it's true. Yeah, but you, you can fall into this sometimes yeah, thing yeah. that you think, oh, I feel connected with this place and yeah. maybe there's more. But actually, I don't think it is. Well, no, and then people change quite quickly and suddenly you feel very disconnected. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah so that... you've morphed it quite neatly. You've kept your eyes open. Well, I'm not making open. any money from it now, but it's no, covering you've still its got costs. It. Yeah, I've yeah. still got it yeah. and I'm now going to sell it. Oh, you are going to sell it? Yeah, so I've just, we've just got all the paperwork together. <laughs> That's been fun. And uh, I've had people in brokers into value it and I'm going to sell it yeah. and that will happen over the next couple of years. So that's all ongoing at the moment? Yeah, so and I, got, that's a lot of work. At the so moment. have you got anyone interested or are you just sitting there waiting? I do get people, I've had people interested, a bit like with the squat in Brixton, 
it's only worth what someone's going to pay for oh, yeah. it. Same you know, anything, because they're yeah. quite unusual properties. It's not like a, you know, a two up, two down, down in. Yeah, yeah it's not or a terraced house. It's 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 beautiful. Because we've been there for over 20, 25 years, I've got a beautiful garden. I love gardening. Yeah. And it's like a jungle. And, it, I mean, it, it, it's, it's blessed. It Where really is it, is. Exactly? It's on the borders of Gara Maharashtra, so it's North Goa. And oh, we're slightly inland. We're like a, we're like a kilometre inland. So we, we're away from all the tourist bits. Yeah. But around us we've got four temples, so at night I hear all the singing of the temples. And, and I am in the village there, and that, I do enjoy that. I enjoy that sort of life. Miss it very much, actually. So where are you living once you've got this and you're up and running? You've Alabama. Oh, and then I ended up moving. I, I, when I bought, above here, didn't I you? lived up here. So when we came in, we got the flat above, and I was with Olia at this point. I met my wife in India. Oh, so you met Olia. I have. Yeah. Met so Olia. I so I, I I work with a lot of Russians over there. So where we were was a big Russian resort. Fantastic. And uh, so friends of mine next door, where I, I helped build a, re a resort on the coast. And the people that had the place next door, they were Russian. So I got to know all these Russians and I met my wife there. And then we came back here and we took the flat over up here, had the kids. So she is from Russia. She's from Moscow. OK, so was she doing yoga? No, she was a TV producer. So she was working what I call Saturday night at the Kremlin. Okay. So you work at these sort of, you <laughs> so know. So what was she doing in India then? Well, having a break, having oh, a break because okay, so she, she just works. A... They just work you to death. Yeah, there. she's then... having a yoga break. She wasn't even doing yoga, I think, no. just came over. It was like it was a smashed. big rush. Yeah, basically, yeah. and do all of that. And uh, But, yeah, so I, I go to Russia now and again with, with, with my wife. Love it, actually. Really like Moscow, like St. Yeah. Petersburg. So if you're, you meet Olia... Yeah. And obviously you meet for a while. You have to be in India. She has to be in India. Yeah. Goodbye, back to Russia. Yeah. TV Kremlin. Yeah, well, then we're back so. again, and then we we decided to get married, partly because of all the legal stuff. I was going to say because how you get so you, we you. ended up getting married because of that, and she got pregnant, so we had a kid, and we ended up getting married in 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 Russia, which is great. I had a great wedding over there. Yeah, so, so. she was happy because obviously it's a big up sticks for her. To well, come well here. I think she she feels very connected here. You know, she's sort of involved in the business. And we have we have an okay life. So do you travel with her back to Russia? Kids Not all the time Russian because of we. I, I would do, but because of coronavirus, it's been difficult. I'm very wary about my kids realizing their Russian heritage. Wary? Why? Realizing it because they're very English, yeah. and I think I don't want them to lose that part of them. What well, don't want to lose the Russian part? Russian part. Well, half and half. Yeah. You know, and uh, but I can see that. Slowly happening, being here. But well, it's just in there, wherever you live, you tend to want to blend in. And yeah. what's the biggest thing is English. You use, yeah. Is that, do so they speak any Russian? Happened. or uh, My daughter does. They're losing it a bit. They were both bilingual. Because of being in India, They, uh, they we dealt with a lot of Russian kids. And kids learn the language because they need to, because they're hanging out with other kids who speak that language. You know, it's like when you're a kid and you go to France for a couple of years and you've got yeah. no mate, they're all French, yeah. you start picking up French. Yeah. So my kids were doing that. They were just picking up Russian. Now they're losing it. How often does she go back or do you go back? Well, she went... Her mum's still alive, so she goes over and she does this thing. Um, she... We know this guy does medical supplies, a guy called Costas. And basically what he does, he flies sperm around. <laughs> and I think what they're doing is they're flying it. So one of the Sperm's things, they'll fly it from Australia. They'll fly it to this place in Oregon. And I think they're fucking around with the 
DNA of it. Superhuman. Yeah. Diluted. <laughs> I think, I think this is what they're doing. Well, I spoke with Costa and he said, look, you'll be surprised. I think in northern Cyprus, and he said, like, you could cross a goat with a monkey. It's like there's no <laughs> law about it. So, so you imagine cabbage all these rich people, that's what they're doing, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know, are they? Well, they are. Well, they're, having <laughs> they're having designer kids. That's oh, coming. Is that what you say? So, no, so say, what I they're want doing, they're saying, okay, I want to make sure, you know, that they're maybe blonde, that they don't two, get, two they, they haven't got, uh, they won't get sickle cell <laughs> immune or whatever. Yeah. So this is what I think Costas is doing. And they, so my wife has to move these, if they're like something from a sci-fi thing. It yeah. turns like a massive silver flask. When you open it, it goes, it goes, and all the, all the, all the steam comes yeah. out and it's someone's sperm in there. So it's liquid nitrogen. Yeah, which they're moving sperm around. And so what happens, we turns up at our house this little flask yeah. and it means that she, sugar, she gets passage to go to Moscow. Oh, OK, so it's a little deal. Or but she did one the other year and it went to somewhere like Belarus and then they had to drive a taxi across the border. It was like proper secret school yeah. stuff. So Where's yeah, sperm coming from? From a from <laughs> a donor. Well, yeah, from some donor. <laughs> from some donor in Australia. So the woman then goes over to Moscow and they have, they do it all there. But by the time it's got to her, it's all been yeah, it's done a lot of mileage. But it's, it's that stuff is happening. It's happening. So yeah, so she does that. So she gets back to Russia now and again with that. And is she from Moscow? She's originally from St. Petersburg, a place okay. called Gachnia. St. Petersburg is absolutely stunning. Yeah. And people are great. And you get these white nights. So they're like, it's, it doesn't get dark. And when we were there, we had my, my, uh, I had my wedding uh, honeymoon there. It was the time of Pussy Riot people oh, as yeah. well. They were happening. And so you get all these bridges that go up and down. And opposite the FSB, uh, who's the KGB, someone had drawn a big cock <laughs> on this bridge. So it was just doing that, <laughs> like that, to them. And it was one of these people. But, yeah. So you've got two kids. I have two kids. How old and what names? I have uh, a son called Hunter, who's named after my old Jamaican neighbour and uh, who I discovered it wasn't his name, it was just his nickname. Oh. And then my, my daughter is called Alexandra or Sasha, and uh, she's 11, he's nine, he's a massive BMXer. But um, and my daughter's quite academic, quite artistic. So she reads, she does a lot of drawing and stuff. Yeah. So now I know you're not above TikTok office. Yeah. You bought a house. Down in Norbury. And so you I'm... sold... The squat. The squat went. That went about four years ago, three, four years so ago. So now you're living, what I'd say, conventional in yes. a house. Yep. It's got yep. bedrooms and children. Has all that kind of stuff, yes. No squatters, no Big Bangladeshi community, which I'm really enjoying. So no recording studio in the back room. No, nothing like that. I have the allotment up the no, road, so I go, I go up the allotment. with a plastic tent. None of that no, none of that. It's all normal, actually, to a point. I've been thinking about doing, like, I see them doing bowling, all the old boys. I think, oh, I quite like to do that. <laughs> you <laughs> know, I quite like to go up get my whites on and go up. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> slightly corrupt it, but yeah, yeah. I quite like all of that. Set up a coconut shell at the end. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then I have the allotments. So I'm down there quite a lot and I'm here, I'm working. Because yeah. it's funny, with this selling of India, all my family are saying, yeah, Robin, you just need to stop working. Everyone I work with said, you won't stop working. Well, no, I like You're just going to work. Yeah, I like yeah, going yeah. to work. I like getting up and having, I like structure. I feel, like, I feel like it's kept me sane a bit, Tic Tac, because I have to deal with the normal world. But I am umming and ahhing about it all. I don't know, really. I don't want to carry on... I don't want to carry on working my bollocks off. 
well, no, and, I mean, and doing those 70-hour weeks and getting back. No, but then you naturally back. won't because you naturally won't be able to. No, true. I want to be, I want to be in control of that. I don't want it to well, sort no, yeah. of be, I'd be forced into it. Yeah, so you feel quite settled in... Because Ollie's not said, OK, Robin, we're oh, yeah, going to go back to Russia now. It's no, nice no, we're quite fuck. settled. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I quite so she like feels that. like she's settled in as well. Very much so, yeah. Yeah, she loves it here. Yeah, loves our winters, the nice yeah, warm. Yeah, nice and warm. <laughs> but no, uh, well, we've got a life, haven't we? We've got kids, yeah. got family. And that's it, life and takes you, over. You know, and it, life takes over. Yeah. So she's obviously part of your business, same as yeah, she part does, of mine. Yeah, she does all my accounts. As well and, as mucking out the children. And, well, yeah, and we'll cover the office if I'm yeah. not here. So, like, we do school run and then she'll come here. And, yeah. you know, particularly if we've got, like, big shoots on and we're getting deliveries all day long, you need someone here. Well, no, it's when you needed someone... Yeah, you can totally rely on it. It'll be either half. Well, before that was my dad. Yeah. He was here and he was great. Fox, no longer alive, not much use. No, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Hey, Sit up, Tom. Yeah. I, know. I always feel like I was when my dad was alive, he used to feel like an upmarket step to and son. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> we, we we would bat, you know, we would argue a bit like they would yeah. as well. Yeah. And it'd just be full of all this posh crap. Yeah, and it'd yeah. be dad and me. Yeah. You know, it'd be like step to and son. What else do you like doing apart from work? I read a lot. Yeah. Uh, I smoke a bit of dope. That's my 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 Achilles Half heel. Time. Yeah, I do that. Um, I read. I listen to the radio. Uh, I garden. Yeah. I have uh, I have my kids. I'm quite family orientated. Uh, I keep myself. Re- I've got a house, so at the moment yeah. I'm putting in a new front door. So I've been. I'm I'm addicted to Facebook Marketplace. So I'm just buying Robin, lots of... you disappoint me. I know, <laughs> you know. No, so no, I'm so buying... So Facebook in Well, no, but I don't like Facebook. But Facebook is like eBay. Yeah. Oh, OK. Right? Yeah, yeah, so you can buy, like... I've just bought a front door and I've bought some... That insulation so stuff your, there. And your house? What what era is your house? What area? Era. 1953. Made quite well, but it's sex council. Yeah. It's fine. So I've got but a 50s I've done, kitchen. Huh? I've got a 1950s kitchen. Yeah, but I'm about to do all of that. I don't know. The kitchen's a bit small because I like cooking as well. Yeah. I do like cooking and eating, yeah. but I like cooking. I like eating. Fuck the cooking. No, yeah, no, I love cooking. I really... I, I find when I get back, if I'm... I can't just sit down. I, what I like about cooking is I have to do something. So I'll get back, had a busy day. If I'm back about six, I'll cook. And I'll put the radio on and I'll get depressed listening to that. And I'll cook. <laughs> Because yeah, I, I can't just sit down. Well, no, do I never get day. home in time to cook with me. Debbie does all most of that, but then it's yeah. Well, here we go. Lovely, cool. Did you enjoy that? I just feel like I've been chatting. Yeah, I don't yeah, think there's good. anything, anything good. different, really. Yeah.